Hi, everybody. I'm Josh. And I'm Ethan. And this is The Young Perspective. So first of all, we want to remind everybody to stay home. It's what the government recommends. We want you to stay home so we can flatten the curve, so we can get back to our normal lives as quickly as possible. It's for the good of our country and for the good of the world. And on that note of uh, global goodness, I'm going to shift over to a holiday that is coming up, Earth Day. It's coming up this Wednesday, Wednesday, April 22nd. So uh, in honor of Earth Day, today we have a guest speaker, a climate change activist, my older sister, Madeline, and she's going to talk to us today. Uh, we're going to interview her about her experiences with, uh, in the climate change uh, movement and how Earth Day has uh, and how they're planning for the upcoming Earth Day. Hi, Madeline. Uh, so what, do you, what organization are you involved with and what, are you, how, what have you done so, uh, in the climate change movement? So... As you said, I'm Madeline. I've been with the youth climate movement for about a year now, a little over a year, maybe 14, 15 months, um, which is about as long as the at least the strike movement's been pretty active. So I work primarily as a local organizer for the Sunrise Movement, which is a youth-led social justice movement organization fighting for a Green New Deal, which is a big climate policy that the climate movement has adopted and for a future where we transition our economy or transition our energy sector and our economy to be sustainable and green and to not leave people behind. I have at the Sunrise Movement in Houston, which is our hub, I serve as the political actions lead, which means that I plan actions, protests, um, engagements with essentially the city, city council, the office of sustainability and primarily the climate strikes and I've been there have been so far this is Earth Day is going to be the fifth major day of climate action major sync up climate strikes um, in the history of the strike movement and so I've been involved with climate strikes since September 20th which was the biggest day of climate action in U.S. history I was one of the organizers in Houston yeah I first I just want to thank you for all the work you've done there it was a great climate strike on September 20th um, it was really amazing yeah. that it, it, just in Houston there was over a thousand people that came to support the climate um, and this was around the world so it, it was awesome yeah, it was definitely, uh, I've been to some of Madeline's protests and they're really interesting and uh, really empowering. So um, uh, do you uh, volunteer, are you part of any other climate organizations besides, besides the Sunrise Movement? So um, in addition to Sunrise, I serve on the partnerships team of the Zero Hour, which is an organization, also another youth-led climate organization. It's in the coalition of U.S. Youth Climate Strike Organizations, which is a coalition that puts on these climate strikes in the country. They're allied with adult organizations, but they do a lot of, they do the climate strikes and they collaborate on just this movement in general because there are a lot of organizations doing the same work. So, so... As, as we know, Earth Day is coming up. What have you and your, your different groups, the Sunrise Movement, uh, what have you been doing to prepare for the day? And what are the big events that are occurring? So since late December, early January of, so late December of 2019, early January 2020, the coalition, 
of these nine organizations, which are coordinated by something called the Future Coalition, which is itself a coalition of organizations, they have made a plan for Earth Day 2020, which was instead of just a single climate strike, which are usually on Fridays, there would be three days of climate strike, deep climate strike action. So Wednesday would be the mass mobilizations, everyone in the streets like you normally see. Thursday, so Wednesday, the strike day, Thursday about stopping the money pipeline. So focusing on divesting money from fossil mm -hmm. fuel industries. So it was targeting the major, the biggest investment company, the biggest asset manager, which is BlackRock uh, Bank, Chase, and insurance company, Liberty Mutual, that have the most holdings in fossil fuel companies and targeting them with actions for divestment. And Thursday, and Friday, excuse me, was a day of political engagement and youth voter registration. Now that the COVID crisis is happening, this coalition, of which Sunrise is a part, has pivoted to something called Earth Day Live, which is a live stream event that encapsulates still those three days. So Wednesday, strike, Thursday, divest, and Friday, vote and political engagement, and just has 72 hours of national live stream. Each day, the live stream starts at 8 a.m. our time and ends at 8 p.m. And it features really big celebrities and activists and performers and political figures who um, just talk about the climate crisis. And it'll be really cool. Yeah, that, that sounds really interesting. So yeah. as, as you talked about, COVID-19 has shifted the, your plans and Sunrise Movement's plans and the Coalition as a whole's plans for Earth Day. But, but what has it done for the environment? How has it affected the environment? So is it uh, more like a good um, benefit? Because um, we've seen the emissions of, um, uh, across the internet, the international scale gone, gone down a lot. But is it more, or is it a bad uh, shift towards the, the climate crisis? And not only the emissions, you, you hear stories about how there's having dolphins in Venice for the first time in hundreds of years. And, and, and all these things around the world, the Great Barrier Reef is recovering all these great and promising um, climate and environment milestones that are occurring. So I think that there, the way of looking at that the premise of the question, is it good or is it bad is actually the wrong way of looking at it. We can definitely see the tremendous impacts of what happens when we reduce our global climate emissions. That's beautiful to see, as Josh just said, dolphins for the first time and the coral reefs rebounding and just being able to walk around in cities, even like our own with low pollution and for people who have asthma, that's incredible. But to consider COVID-19 a good thing for the environment is false and is the wrong way of looking at it we can definitely take this as a lesson of why we need act climate action. But what we need to be looking at is how the federal government and the presidential administration is using COVID as an excuse to roll back EPA, which is the Environmental Protection Agency, their regulations regulating global uh, you know, national emissions, fuel economy standards for cars set to increase the number of miles per gallon that a car must run on in um, by in the next couple of years and increased just regulations for companies and their pollution emissions. Um, some states, including in Texas, are using the coronavirus as an excuse to pass laws, making uh, it more difficult to do civil disobedience against pipelines, which are 
um, fossil fuel oil and gas pipelines of extracting them. And so they're a burden on climate activists and coming out of COVID, we know that the economy and that um, consumer activity, such as buying meat and driving cars and planes, all of that's going to start up again. And without those regulations, it's just going to get worse. So what we need to see COVID as is an opportunity to hold our government officials accountable for mass action. Climate action requires transitioning our economy away from fossil fuels. That's going to cost money, but it is affordable in the long run because it's going to be way cheaper, way more economically affordable to spend the trillions of dollars to transition away from the fossil fuel industry mm -hmm. than to allow the climate crisis to proceed and then suffer the damages. And so when government officials have told climate activists for years and months that we can't, we just can't do what you're doing, it's not economically possible, what you're asking us, we're exposing the fact that, look, if our national government can spend trillions of dollars to protect the health, well-being, and financial stability of individual Americans and the economy as a whole in a crisis like COVID and this global crisis to public health, well-being, and economics, we can do the same for the climate crisis, which is going to be an even bigger crisis of much far grander length and magnitude and scope, and that will also disrupt people's livelihoods, their health, their well-being, their education, their finances for years and years and years to come. So, so what I understand is that the government is using this as an opportunity um, to, to limit regulation and allow for in the future when our emissions come back to normal, there, for there to be more emissions, for companies to, to, to produce more oil and gas. So the government is limiting regulation and in the allowance of these regulations around, around the country? Yes, that would be correct. So they're like abusing the system in a sense uh, with COVID? Yes. So passing laws that have nothing to do with COVID that actually have to do with benefiting large corporations that have, that are emitting carbon and just general activity. And you see it in Texas as well as nationally. And so it's just an excuse because it's nothing to do with COVID. You, you spoke about how it's an investment for our future if we transition away from fossil fuels, even though it will cost a lot of money, it'll cost uh, a, lot, a lot of jobs over the next 20, 30 years. You said it's an investment for our future. But how is that going to affect the economy and how can we limit the effect of the economy as time goes on? So that's definite. So, so people think of, oh, we can't. That's really what you hear that argument most from elected officials who, when you look into it, are get taking large swaths of money in campaign donations from fossil fuel industry members. And the problem with that is if you look into how much the global economy is going to suffer from climate change, say we do nothing, say our global temperatures rise past 1.5 degrees, which is like the threshold of acceptable warming, and it rises three, four, five degrees. That's, it may not sound like a lot, but that is so much. The cost, the climate disasters, the amount of refugees, the threat to geopolitics, the threat to sustainable agriculture, where, you know, we're making food, the crisis is going to be of such great and intense magnitude that globally, 
the global economy is going to lose trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. It's going to be such a big economic loss. So the argument that climate action is going to cost so much money is, I mean, it's not wrong. It's going to cost a lot of money, but climate inaction is going to make us lose such an, you know, unthinkable amount of money but it's not and that's just one part of it we won't even be able to recognize life it will be so difficult um do you think that refugee crisis is bad right now you think that education and equality and you know the amount of time we're in school if we're having climate disasters all the time you won't be in school you won't be able to plant you students kids will be suffering from ptsd from the amount of times their homes flood it's just an impending crisis. And so what COVID teaches us is, hey, the government is actually willing to spend lots of money to avert a crisis when they see that, oh, this is a crisis that's going to threaten our economy and the health and well-being of our people. We're willing to also make big changes. Sometimes it's not money. Social distancing is a radical change in the way we live. And people are saying, we'll do it because we got to protect ourselves. So people saying, I will eat less meat Mm -hmm. and we will use renewable energy sources instead of fossil fuels. That's a change and it's a big change. But why do we choose to do it? Because we recognize that not doing it is stirring a crisis that we cannot morally allow to happen. As young people, as you know, Ethan and Josh and all of us Gen Zers, we're going to be living with this crisis and we can't afford that for ourselves and then for our children and their children. It's so... What would you, uh, what would we be seeing um, after Earth Day Live um, uh, live stream uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week? Like, what actually is going to be going on during those live streams? So it's going to be really fun. You'll see a lot of interviews with youth climate activists, some local. So you'll be seeing people on the front lines of the crisis, local activists. Um, so my team has a ten-minute segment. We'll be talking about things like the flooding climate disasters we see here and how those impact our lives for months and years to come. It'll be centering a lot of activists of indigenous climate activists and climate activists, um, again, frontlines climate activists, you, but not just the stories of the activists. You'll be hearing from big name political figures, people like Stacey Abrams and Secretary of State John Kerry, former Vice President Al Gore, really cool people. You'll be hearing from big celebrities who are going to be A, interviewing some climate activists, so say Joaquin Phoenix, or um, a lot of other celebrities. And then you'll also be hearing from performers. So Little Dicky is one. And we've just got a big list. If you go to Earth Day Live 2020, you can see the giant list of everyone who's going to be there. Political figures, um, actors, and performers. Thank you so much, Madeline, for uh, lending your time and your expertise. Uh, Guys, we want to have all of you guys come out to uh, Earth Day Live. We're going to put a link in our uh, website to come out to uh, the live stream. You can go on other social media like Facebook and Twitter. It's earthdaylive2020.org. Yes. Yes, If you go to earthdaylive2020.org on the days of the live streams, if you tune in Wednesday morning or any other day, there will be a link there and you can just go. So that's the best way to do it. Thank you, Madeline. Everybody, remember, please stay home. Climate change and climate activism is for the good of the future. But staying home is for the good of the future as well. So, so everybody, please stay home, be safe, be healthy, and remember, 
this was the young perspective. 